You are locked into Locked On Badgers on a Monday, another loss Monday for the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team. We're going to get into how it happened, to why it happened, and to the road ahead for Wisconsin basketball. This is March. It is March 1st. It's the best month of the college basketball season in my favorite month of the entire sports calendar. My name is Asher Lowe. This is Locked On Badgers the show that brings you all things Wisconsin basketball and football. I am the site editor over at Badgers Wire for USA Today Sports, a play-by-play broadcaster for Badger Sports, and, of course, your host right here on the Locked on Badgers podcast, bringing you the insider student perspective filled with stats, special guests, and all things Wisconsin basketball and football. Listen and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, on Apple. Make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify. Do the same. Apple, drop a review. If you are listening on Apple, scroll down, hit that five-star review. Help us in the old algorithm. Here's the plan today. We got Ben Kenny joining me from Badgers Wire. My guy who comes on all the time is back. Three things to get to today. Illinois, obviously, we're going to start there. The lost Illinois, the, the wild two minutes that Demetri Trice had. The first 38, we got to talk about that too, unfortunately. That's going to be the sadder part. Quick Purdue look over because Wisconsin goes to Mackey Arena, a house of horrors for them in the last few years, except for last year. Wisconsin goes to Mackey Arena tomorrow night to face the Boilermakers Tuesday night game. And then a little recruiting talk to finish it out at the end. 2022 football recruiting talk. we got a name we want to talk about, a guy we think is going to commit very soon to Wisconsin football. We'll get to that later. Right now, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Ben Kenny joins me to talk about it. What's going on? Happy March. I, I think it's 377th. But happy March. It's, it's good to be back in the second greatest month of the year. What's the first? It's November. Because? The Masters. The Masters? Well, the Masters are usually in April, I believe. They were in I, – I believe they were in November this year. They got pushed in November. You're talking maybe some MLB playoffs, the height of the NFL season, college football rivalry weekend. I'm not even know. a big enough golf fan to understand your joke. Because I, I forgot the, I know the Masters is in April, but I forgot the Masters got pushed this year. Yeah, well, it, I, I'm, yeah, it was in, it wasn't, it was in November this year. It's, it's more just like the joining of every single sport at the best moment, where March, is, like it's obviously college basketball, but and spring. It's like when this is like when I bring up or when you bring up NBA history, and then I start talking for thirty minutes about that on Lockdown Batters. Or if I bring up golf, it's it's over. We're not we're not we're not doing golf. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, the Badgers lost this weekend. So what did, I, what did I do on Sunday? I watched an entire golf tournament. All right, enough golf for this show and the history of the show. <laughs> I hate golf, but I'm sure some of you like it out there. It's fun. Sunday Masters is okay. I can respect it. I can respect the Sunday Masters for sure. Wisconsin, Masters of nothing so far over the past few weeks. 74-69 Illinois basketball win to sweep the Badgers. No Io DeSumo, and Illinois still gets a win on Saturday at the Kohl Center. The Badgers started down 13-2. to The starting lineup started down 7-2 to in the first few minutes. Wisconsin never led in this game. And the score, 74-69, looks a lot closer than the game was for the first 38 minutes until Demetri Trice and Bo Borowski went absolutely ham in ways that only they individually can. <laughs> and the game almost ended in a Wisconsin win. Demetri Trice scored 19 points in two minutes at the end of this game on senior day. First takeaways for you, Ben, were what? And then I'll get to mine. Well, I mean, you nailed it. Starting off the bat, they came into the game without the juice. Like every single time they've played the Illinois, the Michigans, the Iowas, the top 10 teams in the Big Ten, 
that you would expect the Badgers to compete with. They've come out with no juice at all, and it's kind of snowballed after that into they have an early deficit. You see the team take more threes. There's never really that rhythm. So, and you also nailed it with Demetric Trice almost Tracy McGrady them at the end of the game, but this game wasn't close throughout. Like watching that game, I test, they got blown out again by another one of the Big Ten's top teams that we would expect them to at least compete with. 0-6 oh now. 0-6 oh for Wisconsin against the Big Ten's top four. That top four, of course, being Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, and Iowa. Wisconsin 0-6 oh against them. Against the rest of the conference, 10-2. and two. So this Badger team, a classic good-not-great team so far this year. Beating who they should beat and losing to who they should lose to, I guess, at this point. But coming into the year, we thought they'd have a chance to hang with near the top of the conference. The starting lineup if I'm going to talk about rotations here, which I talk about a lot with Greg Gard, I didn't have a huge problem with any rotation in this game or any minutes distribution in this game, except for, except for the fact that I don't think the starting lineup should have been allowed to start the game again. I don't think Johnny Davis needs to start. I don't understand people saying that. It doesn't make any sense to me. The guy plays like 30 minutes a game without starting and finishes every single close game. So starting him doesn't really make sense to me, but I will say that starting Micah Potter instead of Nate Reavers is to me the move. It's very clear that Potter is going to play more minutes than Reavers in every game now, unless something dramatic changes. Last two games, that's happened by a lot. In this game, Reavers played a team-low 16 minutes. He was once again just out of sorts. And I, there's so many things going on for him. Jeff Patrikas wrote an article today about Reavers and his struggles, and he interviewed him, and he talked about – Reavers did – about the lack of social interaction, the testing, so many things these guys are going through, and they're not really excuses. I mean, it's just like, it's not an excuse. It's, it's a complete one-off situation that will never happen again to any other group of players in the history of college basketball, and these guys are going through it right now. So there are so many reasons why he might be struggling mentally, which is to me what it looks like right now. It's a mix of physical, but I feel like it all stems from mental, and for him, his mind's just not there. He can't have these starts to games where I'm, I'm not trying to pick on him right now. I'm just saying that Gregard has to realize that, okay, Micah Potter is going to play way more than him. The starts of games have been issues against all these top teams. In every single one of those six losses, except the Michigan game where Michigan was coming off of a 23-day COVID layoff, which I don't even think counts. Like, you better start the game well if the other team's coming off a 23-day COVID layoff. Except for that one game, Wisconsin started very badly in all the other five. And it's basically been the difference. Like they've just been clawing back, clawing back, can't really make up the ground. We've seen this time and time again against good teams. The Michigan game the first time was a blowout, but the other ones have been like relatively close, but the Badgers can just never get over the hump because of a bad start. And to me, that bad start could be hopefully helped by just inserting Potter into that starting lineup instead of Reavers for that first four-minute segment. Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, whoever plays the more minutes is like the more important stat here, whoever finishes the games. But when we're talking about a team that in every big game they play comes out slow, out of the gates, falls behind, and then I mention it, then it snowballs into, then we see the team taking quick threes in transition that we normally don't see Wisconsin take. The three-point attempts go way up, and we know the law of averages should play into this, that they should hit more going forward, but they're just not hitting a single shot from deep and it still seems to be, as soon as they face adversity, exactly where they go to claw back into the game. So, I mean, Potter, I think we would agree, he has a better presence inside on offense and on offense overall. Him starting games, I think even aside from his stats, would give the team a physical edge 
where we would see them compete inside more. And obviously it's Kofi Coburn. He's unreal. But they'll compete inside more and maybe be more physical as the game goes along. Box scores lie all the time. This box score lies. If you look at the three-point percentage, if you look at the shots made, 10 of 31 from distance for Wisconsin basketball, that is an outright lie. Wisconsin was 4 of 24 from three before Demetri Trice, as you said very well, Tracy McGrady Wisconsin back into the game. He went 5 for 5 from three. Potter hit one all in the last two minutes. So Wisconsin was 4 of 24 from three. And I'll be honest, it wasn't all bad shots at all. It was a lot of missed open ones. That Potter pick and pop three was not there. He missed a few. He was two for eight from three, one of seven until the final three minutes. So when it mattered, he was one of seven and missed at least four of those pick and pop threes that were good looks. They were good looks. Davison didn't hit one. Reavers didn't hit one. Johnny Davis didn't hit one. When, I mean, listen, the one guy we haven't talked about much in, the, in these struggles, at least for me, I haven't seen him talked about much. There's been a lot of focus on Reavers, right, and his struggles, a lot of focus on Davison, a lot of focus on Potter when he plays well or doesn't play well. Aleem Ford, people don't really want to talk about him, but he was the guy for me coming into this year that was the absolute 100% X factor, and he has been the ghost Aleem Ford where he just, he just isn't there. He just isn't showing up to games. Aleem Ford didn't score against Northwestern. He had three points on one of seven against Illinois. His last double-digit scoring game was 15 versus Michigan, where he had a great first half and then went away, and Wisconsin went away with him in the second half. If you want to see how important he is, look at the difference between his first half and his second half against Michigan last Sunday. He's essential to this team's success, and I don't think I've seen him put his head down and drive more than a few times in the last three games. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely with you. I want to add actually another name. The focus is also all on the seniors. Kind of with Ford, even though Ford should have higher expectations this year, Tyler Wall has, has, has really become invisible in the big games. We saw him against Northwestern put up 10 points, four of eight shooting. He was playing well on offense. Against Iowa, he was 0 for 6, 0 points. Against Illinois, one for five, two points. With Ford, it's kind of the Ford and Wall factor where we see when they're going on offense, it takes so much pressure off of Davison, off of Reavers, off of Trice, off of Potter. But when they're both really struggling, especially shooting the ball from deep, Wall doesn't take that many. But when they're struggling to get their shot, missing layups, that's when all the pressure goes on this one or two guys. And that's when this team, I mean, this team, all five starters averaged double figures last year. But now it's like one guy goes off and the rest can't find their shot. So they take all the pressure, and then that, it kind of spirals. Wisconsin somehow still ranked at 25. <laughs> That's a joke. A very good one. And at the some... of, Oh, by the way, at the expense of BYU, which if you know me, that's even better for me. <laughs> Wisconsin 16 and not – actually, if you're a Wisconsin fan, BYU – Wisconsin doesn't like BYU very much. I remember that loss when I was at school a couple years ago. Wisconsin 16 and 9, 10 and 8 in the conference. And like I said, it's been complete disasters against the best teams, and they've taken care mostly of – who they should beat. This team's going to be in the tournament 100%. I don't think people, people might not realize that. Like on Twitter, some people are always like, oh, they're not going to make the tournament. Look at this team play. Well, it's not just about watching them play. It's about their resume. And they're already a lock. That Northwestern win was the lock for them to secure that tournament spot. They're going to be a seven seed, eight seed. We'll see. They can go up as high as probably five or six. They still have, a, I mean, a whole path in front of them. Big Ten tournament, you can do a lot of things. 
for your seeding positively because you're going to play great teams a couple nights in a row if you start winning. If this team loses out, which is just as possible, Purdue-Iowa <laughs> on the road, right, and then Big Ten tournament first round against what's going to be a good team. You don't know who you're going to play, but they're going to be good. Probably Michigan State uh, right now if it was today, Maryland. And they lose out. They lose three in a row. You're looking at an eight, nine seed, and you're not going to get put in. I would think they'd try to not put you with Michigan or with Illinois. So you're probably in Gonzaga or Baylor's region, and your season is done. It is so important for this team to get a seven seed, to not play that one seed in the second round, to have any chance of being a second weekend team. Any chance. Like, at all. Yeah, and I mean, this is still a good basketball team against teams they should beat. Like, minus the Penn State loss, this is a team that's beating all the teams where you think they, like, should be the favorite and win. Obviously, they were the favorite against Illinois and against Iowa, which I didn't understand. They were the better teams. But they've, they've lost all of their ranked games since Minnesota. So, yeah, if they're put – well, one, whoever plays Gonzaga, they're a wash. They're not becoming a second-weekend oh, team. Who you agree? I mean, right now – Right now, where's the ceiling? I, like, the highest ceiling you can imagine is the Sweet 16 if the matchups in the tournament line up right. Ben, Michigan fans are, are driving me insane. <laughs> driving, I mean, they're just driving me insane. They're quote-tweeting me up the wazoo. Like, I don't even, I don't even say any – I say, like, these mild things and, like, 15 rabid Michigan hungry dogs come after me. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's unbelievable. They're, the, they're just unreal. I mean – all I said, I, I was like joking to my friend on Twitter, Sean, who's a Sean Paul, by the way, if you don't follow him, he's a great college basketball follow. He literally watches every game known to man, but this man is tweeting about Hawaii at 2 a.m. It is unreal. He'll start his he's morning at 10 a.m. telling you about Gardner Webb Winthrop and uh, at 2 a.m. he's talking about Hawaii. I mean, he is a machine of college he's the Matt. He's the Matt Zemick of college he's basketball. He's the Matt Zemick of college basketball. He really is. <laughs> Matt Zemick. Shout out Matt Zemick. Also a great Twitter follow. Back to him. So I was I, I commented on one of Sean's things like, oh, I see you're also joining me against Michigan. You're not against Michigan this year. And Michigan fans going nuts about how terrible Gonzaga is and how good they are compared to them. And then I, I commented on Sean's thing and like I got quote tweeted like 30 times and like ratioed by all these Michigan fans. I wasn't talking to Michigan fans. Like I don't dislike their team. Like I don't know. I just the fans are just ridiculous. And they, like, kept putting pictures of it 69-29, like Michigan up by 40 on Wisconsin, like the score grab from that. And they just kept, like, putting pictures of that. I quote-tweeting it and putting a picture of that. And I'm like, okay, like. Oh, do you know what you have to do? What? You have to do? what? Okay, wait. All okay. you have to. Listen, and then I said, I don't, it's like somehow they found out that I was talking about Gonzaga on some other post. And so some guy came to it and commented, like, wow, your team is so bad. <laughs> Talking about Wisconsin, like, your team is so bad that you have to go to a different team just to hate us. Like, that's how bad you're <laughs> Well, first of all, bud, I was with Gonzaga way before I ever stepped foot in the state of Wisconsin, but that's a different story. And second of all, what is, what is going on here? Like, why do you – what is happening? Like, why do people care? Asher, the only thing you ever have to do to come back against a delirious Michigan fan is show him the, the football score from this year or how they're tra- – or last year. The football score from last year and then the Wisconsin cheerleader – holding up a sign in the game that in like Badger red, that just says bad. And the scoreboard read pent up anger actually from football season, the last two football seasons because they're terrible. Last Last five, last six, last seven. 
it's been a lot, a lot of bad ones in a row. Yeah, and I think it is a lot of pent up anger from from football season and this elitism that Michigan fans have. It's interesting. There you go. Moving on from Michigan, <laughs> we'll get to Purdue in just a sec. Talk what Wisconsin needs to fix against Purdue. Maybe they can make a few outside shots. That would be nice. That'd be big. This team can get hot at the right time. Maybe, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not fully sold right now. My, I said on Big Ten Ben Stevens' podcast and on this one, I think it was two weeks ago that I was at a seven in terms of seven to t- or one out of ten. How nervous are you? How how rattled are you by this Wisconsin team right now? I'd probably put that at a nine right now. I'll be honest, just because I don't I don't have confidence that they're going to win another game. But I do think the Purdue win or Purdue the Purdue game is a very possible win, and I'll talk about why. In a sec. First, a quick message from betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline has better things than just college basketball and the NHL and NBA. We got The Bachelor on there. I know Ben loves that. We have the Emmys, the Oscars, all these award shows, politics. I mean, they got everything on betonline.ag. Real-time updated live odds, has you covered for everything gambling, and we trust them 100%. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you will get 50% added to your initial deposit. So if you put in 100 bucks, you get 50 bucks added to that to bet with at betonline.ag when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Talking Wisconsin and Purdue, the Badgers' next chance to beat a ranked opponent this year in the Big Ten Conference. Wisconsin at 25, Purdue at 23 in today's AP poll. Wisconsin heading to Mackey Arena, ESPN2, tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central tip. It's been a bit of an overachieving year for Purdue, at least from where I had them. I think a lot of Purdue fans would probably tell me they expected this team to be solidly in the NCAA tournament, not do anything crazy special, but be solidly in the NCAA tournament. I was expecting them to be a bubble team for most of the year. They're solidifying themselves, have solidified themselves, let's use past tense, as an NCAA tournament team. And Travion Williams is a huge reason why. A guy that actually led this team in scoring last year coming off the bench, which was a really interesting thing. This year, he has just gotten better and better. 16 points a game, nine boards. One of those bigs that just grinds you inside. He's not flashy. He's not fun, pizzazz, you know, kind of shiny toy. He's just going to go to work and he's not going to let you stop working against him or he's going to give you buckets. Like, like you have to just do your work early against a guy like this, grind him, make sure he doesn't catch the basketball in positions where he is an automatic bucket. He's a very good finisher around the rim. He is not a great free throw shooter. I think that's one of the biggest issues in his game. The fact that a guy that plays this way shoots 50% from the line is a problem because he will get to the line quite a few times against Wisconsin. That's how he plays. He just draws fouls a ton. The guard play was where Purdue had a lot of questions, and Jaden Ivey, true freshman, is looking like 
one of the best players in the country to come in a few years. He's not there yet. He's looking like a solid role player as a true freshman, but he's showing flashes of a guy that could become a real star for Matt Painter and Purdue. Stefanovic and Eric Hunter Jr., two guys from last year, both back, both guys that played big roles a year ago and are playing big roles again. And then, of course, you got Zach Eady, who's the tallest man on earth, 7'4", true freshman from Toronto, Ontario. He's just massive. I, I, don't know, I don't know how else to say it. He is absolutely massive watching him. Uh, he's a problem on the glass. And he's had good moments, bad moments. He plays in short spurts, as a lot of big guys do like that. When you're so big and you're young like that, your, your stamina is probably not great at 7'4". It's hard to move. Just most 7'4 guys aren't extremely great at moving up and down the floor. But he's played in these short spurts, kind of Boba Marjanovic-esque, not in the way he plays, but in those spurts as a huge man. And this Purdue team overall has some depth. They have a great big. They have a young, promising freshman guard. I don't think they're special. I don't think they're a beyond Sweet 16 max team. But Mackey Arena is a problem. They play great defense. And this is the kind of barn burner Big Ten game that you'd expect from this conference. Yeah, can I say, I mean, just start off the bat, can I say what I need to see against Purdue when they take the court? Because let me just speak from the heart for a second. Because I played basketball in high school, I didn't play. My job on the bench was to be excited, was to be loud, pretty much to energize the team. In the, in the last two months when Wisconsin's taken the court, it's looked like the bench has been completely lifeless, and they're playing teams where it's clear the bench is giving them like this big juice, this big jump. So while like this is a matchup coming into the season, you would expect the Badgers to have a good chance of winning. I, I mean, right now I see it as kind of a toss-up, especially it's like, can they shoot from three? Can they not? But going into this game, like I need to see the bench give the team something. This is one of the Badger Twitter's favorite thing. Some people on it, their favorite thing to dismiss as stupid and has no impact on the game whatsoever and just kind of joking about it, whatever, that's the bench energy and what the Badgers bring versus what another team brings. I would contend to you that Maryland literally won a game this year at the Kohl Center because of the bench. Like, that was the perfect example. If you go back and watch that game and watch what Maryland's doing. Also, by the way, you can tell that the coaches have talked to them about it because go watch the bench like two months ago, they would never stand up. I mean, it was literally like being in a library. Now they stand up, they, 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 they have some stuff going on, right, right? Yeah, a little like stand-up golf clap kind of vibe. And, and in their defense, there hasn't been a ton to cheer about against great teams. I get that. But it's more like from the opening tap, just yelling, hooting, hollering, going nuts, having some fun celebrations, whatever. Just look like you're enjoying yourself. And maybe your teammates will be elevated because of it. Maryland was totally elevated because of it. Illinois was doing these crazy defense chants that I think most people would be like, the haters would be like, Oh, it's like for like, you know, seventh grade AAU teams. Like, no, but Illinois was doing it with Brad Underwood from the beginning of the game and they went up 13 to two. So it's not completely unrelated. Right. And in, a, and in empty arenas or largely empty arenas, especially when you're playing at home, you don't have that natural juice from the fans. Like, especially how the team is playing where there isn't that much to really get excited about. The juice has to come from somewhere. Yeah. And Brad Davison can take all the charges he wants, but – I need to – and now this is obviously aside from the X's and O's on the basketball court. The bench needs to show out. The bench just needs to bring something. I what have an entire – bring, bring your own juice. Right? Remember that? That was, yeah. that was Wisconsin football team's slogan for a lot of the year. Yeah, and, and I'll say, like, 
even it doesn't have to be the dudes that are resting. It's the guys that maybe won't play. We saw during football season, Jack Cohn, who was out for the year. You knew I was going to find a way to bring him into this. If, you, if you're playing locked on batters, bingo. Take a, <laughs> take a shot. Jack Dunn fought his way for a tough first down after catching the ball. Jack Cohn was sprinting to him on the sideline to hype him up and, and, and like to get the boys going. That's what we need. Now we can go to X's and O's. I, I needed to throw Cone in. It was your choice. I think you'd bring Jack Cone back to sit on the basketball bench. I would. And have, and have him get the boys going. Asher, I have eligibility. I have an entire huddle tape from high school just of me and my fellow benchmates hyping the team up, going crazy, just like bringing juice to the team. It See, works. I was on the court in high school a little bit. Not, not a ton, but I was on the court a little bit. So I wasn't, my, my huddle tape isn't all on the bench, but yeah. No, I, I scored some, you know, I like Cassius Stanley, Johnny Juzang. Like I wasn't going to play that much. Let's be real. Oh, oh, are we name dropping now? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I was on the bench Cassius watching Stanley, DeAndre. NBA dunk contest champion this year. Just wait for it. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> weird. It's All right. Yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter would like a word. Number three okay, overall pick national drop. champion. That's a good name drop. Um, I did score 27 points. They were all threes. And I played in the first half once. How did you score 27 points as a bench warmer? Because our team, because DeAndre Hunter would go for 45 and 20 every game. And I, I mean, the league we played in wasn't great except for Westtown, which had the, they had Mo Bamba, Cam Reddish, Brandon I'm Randolph. I'm loving this New Jersey basketball. Talk. I mean, Philly basketball talk, sorry. New Jersey. Philly, like it's, it's high level basketball, but we had a lot of teams on the schedule that are not basketball schools. Yeah. So I would get at least a full quarter of tick, like 27 points in four years. Like that's nine threes. There are some times I would come in and hit one, you know? Not bad. It's not bad. Okay. <laughs> Back to Purdue and Wisconsin. Purdue. We got Jack Cohn and Philadelphia high school basketball in, but Purdue does play Wisconsin. Some keys. I agree totally with the bench energy. I totally agree. That has to change in the beginning. I'd rather see Micah Potter start. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd rather see it. And we need Demetri Trice from the beginning of the game to be the best player on the floor in this game because he can be 100% can be in this specific game. If he takes control, which he, he's been awesome this year. I'm just going to say, he's been, listen, we can criticize all we want, but I think at least I don't do it enough, giving people their flowers like when they deserve it, even in losses. Demetri Trice deserves all the credit in the world all year. He's been awesome all year. His dad said it on Twitter best. He only cares about winning. That's what his dad was saying on Twitter, and it's so true. That's why he's down after a game like he had where he had 29 points, 19 in two minutes. They lost. And he's just a pure winner. He's leading this team in scoring. He's playing the best basketball of his career. And guess what? The other seniors need to step up to his intensity level. They don't need to be the best player on the team. That can be him. And this team can go far with him as the best player. But they need to play as hard as he is playing and as desperate as he is playing. He's playing desperate at the end of these games. It's, it's happened multiple times this year. It wasn't just this Illinois game where he's just really tried to will his team to a win in the second half. Happened on the road at Rutgers like a month and a half ago, two months ago. It's happened a few times this year, and his teammates just have to bring the juice with him. They have to. Aleem Ford, please, just, just something. Something. Anything. An unexpected source of offense in any way, whether it's Aleem, Brad, you just need an, one unexpected source of offense. And then you need JD to do his thing, Dimitri to do his thing, Micah to do, the, do his thing. Because those three are the creators, right? 
Those three are the guys that can create their own offense in any game. Not saying, not saying they're going to have great games every single game. I'm just saying that they can create their own shot in every game. Those are the only three I trust to do that consistently, right? That's why I was saying two of the three have to be on the floor at all times. And in that starting lineup, one of the three is on the floor only. It's only Dimitri. So it's one of the reasons I wanted to see that starting lineup changed. But bring the juice. Trice lead the way. One unexpected source of offense. Wisconsin wins this game. Yeah, I, I mean, even with that and what you all said, that's also a pressure thing where, like, them scoring, that's points for the team. It's also just easing, like, pressure off of Trice where we know what he could do. We saw it down the stretch last year. We saw it all this season. If someone just takes a little bit of pressure off him, one, that elevates his game, but two, like, he's carrying the entire burden right now aside from one player who decides to maybe go off in a game. What I really want to see is the team have an interior presence. I, I, like, especially against the good teams, they've really lacked that, that interior mojo. Obviously, during the Ethan Happ years, we saw it because he was unstoppable in the paint. But you're going up against an Illinois or a Michigan or an Iowa, half of the shot attempts are threes. You're seeing the team miss countless layups. And you're, just, you're kind of seeing the lack of physicality that we don't expect a Wisconsin team to necessarily have. So whether it's Reavers or Potter, like I, or even Tyler Wall, like I, I want to see the team get to the rack more, increase that physicality on both ends. If there's a win left on the schedule, I'll say this. If there's a win left on the schedule, to me it's this one. Even first round Big Ten, this is to me the most likely win left on the schedule. I think Wisconsin matches up overall pretty well with this Purdue team. Like, it's not a bad matchup for the batters in any way. Yeah, I agree. Travion Williams is a good defender. He's not the best defender. Like, this isn't after a rough stretch where it seemed like every other game and they're going to do it again against Iowa, they're playing top five, top ten teams in the country. This is a matchup where, like, Potter or Reavers could go to work in this game. Like, this is a matchup that favors that, and they're going to need to do it. I mean, that'll open up more three-pointers, but it'll just take all the pressure off of Trice and other guys having to hit every single shot they take. We're going to talk about a guy who we think is going to commit pretty soon in the class of 2022. Some other 2022 names for Wisconsin football. But first, a quick message from Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar in the game. Talking like 18, 19 grams of protein, 150-ish calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 net carbs in most of these flavors like Cherry Barcia, Cookies and Cream, Coconut Almond, Peanut Butter, Caramel Brownie, Mint Chocolate. It is Awesome stuff going on at BuiltBar.com right now. When you use the promo code LOCKEDON20, that's a new promo code, LOCKEDON20, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-20, you'll get 20% off your next order using the promo code LOCKEDON20 and a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Probably will last only for a week-ish, so I would get on that really fast. Free cooler with a purchase right now at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON20. Wisconsin's football, Wisconsin football's class of 2022 Already started with the main man, Miles Burkett, who was on this show. If you haven't listened, definitely go check that out. A couple weeks ago, we had Wisconsin's first commit in the class on. He is a quarterback out of Franklin High School. The Badgers, though, doing a ton of offering, as are all teams around the country. Ben, what sticks out to you so far? So, I mean, going into this this whole recruiting cycle, especially after 2021, everyone kind of needs to understand that with a lot of seniors returning to the school, both of, the, both of the starting wide receivers, we're talking about a bunch of the guys on defense, there aren't going to be the same number of scholarships. 
So starting off the bat, like this is not a class that's going to rival in the rankings or in terms of the number of players, the class Wisconsin put together in 2021. It was also a big class in itself. So you put those two things together for sure. Yeah. And it was, and it was their best rated by 24 seven sports pretty much seen as their best in program history. So, I mean, I think expectations need to be tampered a little bit going in, but they are starting a little slower than they did last year. I mean, the guy, do, do you want to get into him? The guy that they're really close to getting, Isaac Ham. he's a top 247 defensive end from Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. The number five, in some rankings, number five, some rankings, number four player in the state. I mean, he's, he's a huge addition, number one, because you want to see that ball kind of get rolling. We saw in 2021, as soon as this program started to get that ball rolling, we saw it all snowball to them landing a lot of the top guys in this state, uh, TJ Ballers from Iowa. We want to see that ball kind of get rolling. So hopefully Ham, Ham's on the way soon. Yeah, Isaac Ham, an in-state guy from the state of Wisconsin and someone that the Badger commits and guys that are on the, on the watch list have been talking with and talking about. Braylon Allen recently tweeted that they had this whole bet going on, or what was it, a squat competition? Yeah, and, well, I mean, if you've seen any videos of Braylon Allen lift any form of weights. Do not challenge him. There is no shot he's losing. So they had some, like, squat slash bench off, I think, uh, before last football season or during, and Braylon Allen won. Shout out Evan Flood for going to the gym to videotape it. Um, And, yeah, so, so the bet was that Ham would commit. Obviously, he didn't commit then and hasn't committed yet. Um, but there is a 24 seven sports, uh, crystal ball projection for, for him to commit. So it all signs are pointing to him being on the way, um, which will be huge because that'll like, it's really important that Wisconsin, especially in the state of Wisconsin that they recruit. Well, you're talking about offensive tackle, Joe Brunner, offensive guard, Carson Hinsman, like the top players in the state need to stay home and go to Wisconsin for this program to continue that momentum. Like their out of state performance and their out of state performance in 2021 was insane. Like they were getting some of the top players in Minnesota and Iowa. It just all has to start in Wisconsin. Then you'll have years where they get a Nolan Rucci, you know, or they get top players from other States. And football and basketball are very different in terms of recruiting. I think a lot of people always wonder, well, why can't Wisconsin get top talent in the state of Wisconsin in basketball? And no, it's not only because of the style and because of the coach, and because of who they were, it's not only because of that. There's a national thing where it is harder to keep basketball players in state than it is football players. That applies to any school in any state. That is not just a Wisconsin problem, but it is imperative for the football team to keep the top talent at home. They already lost out on Jerry Cross, who went to Penn State. For now, for now, this time, you never know. I'm not saying I know anything. I don't. He's fully committed to Penn State. I'm just saying that there's always time. Not signed yet, but getting those other top guys like him is huge. As always, on Wisconsin, this is Locked On Badgers, back with a little Purdue basketball talk and some March Madness outlooks for Wisconsin and for the rest of the Big Ten and the country. I'm very excited. It's the month of March. In the words of John Rothstein, this is March. <laughs>